Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Robert teaches through God's Word. memorized it when I was a little boy but do you understand that's not what Jesus intended he didn't intend for you to memorize that and 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 then repeat it as a ritual no he was giving a, a lesson he was giving understanding about prayer prayer is supposed to be interaction communion with your father in heaven he's alive he wants to hang out is the way that we might say it today and he wants us to train up our children to hang out with him to talk to him about everything. How do you approach prayer? In today's message from Pastor Robert, he challenges us to think about how we communicate with the Lord. God's heart is for us to come to him with everything. He doesn't want us to memorize prayers as a ritual or religious act, but to seek a relationship with him and talk to him. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now turn to chapter 4 of 1 Peter, and let's join Pastor Robert with part 1 of today's message. First Peter chapter 4 verse 7 says, But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things... Have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Now, we're going to walk back through that passage, and I want us to consider three things together. First, the Bible wants us to understand that you and I are living in the last days. Now, he didn't say it. He just said the end of all things is at hand. What he's talking about here, to maybe clarify a little bit, because sometimes people want to argue a little bit about that. Eh, Well, you know, how do you know? Well, because the Bible says it. From the time of the resurrection, we have been living in the last days. When Jesus came and offered himself in payment for the sins of humanity, when he was crucified and rose again. And that kicked off the fourth quarter. You understand? This, we're, we're in the last days from that time forward. It's been going on for 2,000 years already. And so Peter said some will be tempted to say, ah, oh, they've been saying that forever. Yep, you're right, absolutely. And you know what? We're one day closer today than we were yesterday. It's not getting farther away as the, with the passing of time. We live in the last days. And he tells us here in verse 7 that the appropriate response to receiving that, that understanding, to coming into that knowledge, is that we should be serious and watchful in our prayers. Be serious and watchful in your prayers. Sometimes people ask me to tell them the secret to raising solid kids in this evil age, you know, and, and we all think that this age is more evil than, than the last, when in fact, like I've said before, 
Miami Beach has nothing on Corinth in Paul's day or Ephesus. Certainly, don't, we don't hold a candle to Sodom and Gomorrah, right, in the time of Abraham and Lot. But people will ask, you know, he's like, I, had a, I had a guy say to me a couple of years ago, you know, you got a couple of pretty good kids there. What, what, can you help me out here? I mean, what, what did you do? And Elizabeth always, you know, her response to that is, listen, it's God's grace, which is absolutely true. You understand? We know that. We don't look around at, at, at the parents whom we know. We, you know we, we counted like 10 different families who are struggling right now with adult children who are, have gone off the rails and are suffering the consequences of their foolishness in rehab, in jail, all these different things. You know, godly men and women in many cases, you know, whose kids are suffering the consequences of sin. And we don't, we don't look at them and, and say, you know, we did it right, you got it wrong, you know. Sorry, sucks for you, kind of a thing. Because we know, but for the grace of God, that could be our kids. But I said to her recently, I said, but you know, we, we have a responsibility to the people who look to us for some instruction, for guidance, for pastoral care. We, we have a duty to evaluate what did we do well? What did we do that, that was actually part of God's plan, you know, in, in cooperation with his plan? For our kids. And one of the things that I look back and see is what he talks about right here in this passage. What we did well with our kids, we were serious about prayer with them. We were serious about praying with them. Not just saying prayers with them. You understand, when, when I was growing up, my mom and dad did the best they could. You know, they were, they were people of integrity. We went to church every week. We prayed before every meal. Let me rephrase that, because that's really not totally accurate. We said a prayer before every meal. We said a prayer at bedtime every night. I remember the first time I, you know, remember hearing it. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if I die before I wake, and I got stuck right there. I don't want to die. I don't want to die. I don't want to pray that prayer. And my dad in his, you know, typical easygoing manner, hush, pray this prayer. So I did. And then at mealtime, it was, God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for our food. Amen. There was no real interaction with God. It was a religious ritual that we learned to observe every night and at every mealtime. And when I actually came to know the Lord Jesus, one of the things that I determined was that I would never do that again. I would never do I don't even. I don't even like to quote the Lord's Prayer personally, because I don't believe that's what Jesus intended. That model prayer that, you know, that Jesus, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We memorized it when I was a little boy. But do you understand that's not what Jesus intended? He didn't intend for you to memorize that and, and, and then repeat it as a ritual. No, he was giving a, a lesson. He was giving understanding about prayer. Prayer is supposed to be interaction, communion with your Father in heaven. He's alive. He wants to hang out, is the way that we might say it today. And he wants us to train up our children to hang out with him, to talk to him about everything. And so Elizabeth, and I, you know, I'm so grateful for a wife who really loves God. It's not just religion for her either, you know. And she would, you know, one of the things that drove me to my knees was my wife learned to drive when my children were toddlers. One was a baby, right? In Miami traffic... My wife is learning to drive with my babies in the back seat. 
I had a great prayer life. <laughs> but Elizabeth would pray with them about parking spaces. You know, she'd be going down to South Beach and, you know, Lord, kids, come on. We, got, we need to pray for a parking spot. We've circled this block four times. Let's ask Jesus to provide a parking place for us. And then when, when he did, she would talk to the children about that. Look at, look at how generous God is to us. All these other people are looking for parking too. But God gave us a place to park. And we, we prayed with them about everything. And then we talked to them about what we were praying about. We, you understand what I'm saying? We, we tried to do what the Bible says. In the Old Testament, God said to the people of Israel, now I'm, I'm really radically paraphrasing here, because he, he's like when you rise up, when you lay down, when you, you know, walking in the way, talk to them, teach them the law. But what he was saying to them is look for every opportunity to teach your children my ways and my laws. Look for every, every teachable moment that you can find. And we tried to live by that. We tried to do that. We tried to talk to our children about why did God... One of the coolest conversations I ever had with my son, David, was about the word design. He asked me, you know, he was still in, you know, he was like three years old, still in a, in a car seat in the back seat, and we're driving across the, the causeway, and he sees a helicopter, couldn't even pronounce the word. He called them hay toppers. And he's like, Daddy, I just saw a hay topper. And I'm like, where? And we're looking, you know, and, and, and out there, over the water. And I, I don't see one. And he said, can hay toppers fly underwater? And I said, no. And he said, why not? Good question, right? I said, because they're not designed to fly. Daddy, what does design mean? I didn't even get the sentence out of my mouth. What does design mean? So I start talking to him, listen, about this. God made you. He designed you. He gave you gifts and abilities. He, he's the one who determined what your eyes should look like and everything about you as a person maybe not every physical characteristic but everything about you as a person God has given you these these gifts because he has a reason for you being here the reason a helicopter can't fly under the water is that it was designed to fly in the air submarines and the reason he asked me the question was that I had taken him on a tour of a World War II era submarine in Denmark visiting his grandmother and grandfather so he's, he's thinking about the difference. You know, we see that submarine. And, and I said, that was designed to go under the water and to be able to stay under the water. But a helicopter was designed to, to fly. That's, that's how it was made. The, the way it was fashioned, it's suitable for that and not for this. After I went on and on as only I can do, you know, I'm rambling and he's like, Dad, I don't want to talk about design anymore. Okay. But see, in this passage of scripture, God reminds us we're running out of time on planet Earth. Pastor Robert will have much more to teach us from the book of 1 Peter when you join us next time. But for now, you can learn more about the ministry of Main Thing Radio by visiting our website. At MainThingRadio.com, you'll be able to listen to even more messages from this book and others by clicking on Podcast. And be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss a new edition. You can also connect with us on social media. Come follow our Facebook and Twitter accounts and stay up to date with everything that's happening at Main Thing Radio and Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach. Find links to our accounts at our website. Again, that's MainThingRadio.com. Before we go, we'd like to ask you to pray for us here at Main Thing Radio. Would you lift us up to the Lord and ask Him to continue moving through our ministry? Pray that we'd keep our eyes focused on Him and that we'd share only the words He's given us. Pray too that our listeners would hear from Him each time they tune in. We want to reach the community and the world for Christ. 
And we can only do that through the support of our brothers and sisters in Christ. Thanks for praying for us. We appreciate your partnership in this area. With that, our time with you has come to an end. There's so much more to learn from the pages of 1 Peter, however, so we hope you'll make it a point to join us again. Tune in next time for another edition of Main Thing Radio.